0: Hey guys, and uh, welcome back to another episode of Rukindi. Today we're joined by Athena Laz. Athena is a depth psychologist and dream expert. Her online site, athenalaz.com, is a global platform that merges spiritual wisdom with practical psychological know-how. Thousands of people worldwide have enjoyed her courses, membership programs, and retreats. She appears regularly as an expert on TV and has been featured by many multimedia outlets such as Cosmopolitan, Marie Claire, Women's Health, and more. We're here today to discuss her book, The Alchemy of Your Dreams, a modern guide to the ancient art of lucid dreaming and interpretation. Athena, welcome, and
1: thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to speak to you. So tell us about your journey. I mean, what got you... Uh, to actually write this
0: book, um, where did it all start?
1: I feel like this journey has been a very long process, and I, I. I, I as a kid I used to have a lot of psychic dreams and I had wonderful dream experiences but didn't really understand what was happening um, for me or to me and later as I grew up I was very interested in the in psychology and the psyche and how that works and so what happened is those two paths merged for me. And I went on this incredible journey, specifically in my 20s of self-awareness, personal growth, really uncovering a lot of uh, shadows and personal stuff that I had to deal with. And through that journey, I came out on the other side as a psychologist, as a trained with a shaman, but I don't consider myself a shaman, but I, I deal, I think, in the realm of mysticism more. And so the book came out, as a way for me to share my love of dreaming symbols imagery working with spirit and working with psyche and so that's really um, a very sort of a short short answer for the pathway of how I landed up here today speaking to you
0: ah phenomenal so with the lucid dream you're saying you you did that since you were quite young so that's something that you've always been naturally drawn to wasn't yes
1: um so I had many spontaneous lucid dreams as a child and didn't think anything of them I didn't I thought most people dreamt in that way um and when I was a teenager I think my brother and I had a conversation he often would have flying dreams so he was sort of becoming lucid but wouldn't become fully lucid and it was only when I was studying um to become a psychologist that I realized dreaming actually specifically lucid dreaming was very very rare and quite not rare but quite unknown and um so that's that's kind of how that process happened and then in my 20s I went through a patch where I was quite Um, quite lost in my life and I was going out excessively. And for that period in time, I couldn't lucid dream. I I mean, I could lucid dream, but I wasn't actively lucid dreaming. And I think that's because I was very lacking in mindfulness at that time and stage in my life. And so it is something that I've always been able to do and something that I'm very excited about teaching other people to do because everybody can do lucid dreaming. Everyone, in my opinion, can dream in this way. I think it's an intrinsic birthright that we all have very much like intuition and I think the more you practice it the more you begin to rely on it the more um, guidance you receive and the easier it becomes so it's very much like a muscle well that I- you can train. it
0: <laughs> I definitely noticed um, the one thing about your book was um, it, it encourages you step by step on how you can actually do that. And the most beautiful part is this, this merging between uh, what you perceive as your reality. I mean, it, it, this is all about sensory receptors that we're just interpreting. And then you can do those exact same things uh, within this comfortable, safe space of your imagination. I mean, that's just so profound.
1: So it is so phenomenal in that it's exactly what you said, right? In our waking life, we perceive reality through our senses and we are very grounded by that. We That's how we navigate the world. And when we dream, we we can experience, we still have sensory perception, but not in the same way. And if you begin to practice active dreaming, mystic dreaming, lucid dreaming, you begin to see that you can alter Reality in waking life and in dream life through the process of mindful dreaming. And the big questions begin to arise. And I love that as the process of dream work because those questions naturally arise. And if you're on the pathway of discovering what that means for you personally, you start to come up with your own answers. So it's a very hard to have an experience, say, for example, where, and this is something I guide people in, where you go from waking consciousness into sleep and then into dreaming but you remain alert the whole time and so that experience for most people if they have it and they're able to go to to keep their um, their mind awake mind is probably the wrong word but consciousness awake it's very hard to have an experience like that and then move through the world thinking that the waking world is fixed and um, you know, is just beyond our ability to affect or co-create. So, so it's quite amazing, in in my opinion. Mm.
0: Oh, definitely, no, definitely. And
1: so, um,
0: in the book, you are mentioning that there were different types of dreaming or different types of uh, loose dreaming. I do want to maybe tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Sure. So, um, like you said in the book, I really wanted to walk people through most of the common uh. De- the most common different states of dreaming, right? So we all have those dreams where we go to bed and we have symbolic dreams, or we all have a dream like a nightmare, or you can have a warning dream or a prophetic dream, right? So those are all different types of dreams that we have, but those dreams that we are fast asleep in terms of our consciousness, we only wake up in the morning and then realize, oh well, I was dreaming that that experience happened to me during sleep. And then with lucid dreaming, what happens is that actually lucid dreaming is the vehicle for something much more ancient known as dream yoga in buddhism but every single while well, almost every single ancient culture or tradition in the world speaks to dream practices for most modern people we know that as maybe shamanism or for some people it's even paganism it really depends but the lucid dreams dream states the different types of lucid dreams that you can have fall into that bracket and so a lucid dream for people in the west we consider it okay a dream where you become aware in the moment of the dream but that's really just the beginning that's like saying i've learned to sit down on my meditation cushion and now i know everything about meditation and and we would say like maybe not right maybe there's a bit more there's a bit of depth that we can go into so you can have a pre-lucid dream, well, you can be pre-lucid, then lucid, then fully lucid, and then you can move beyond lucidity into dreams of clarity. And these are states of dreaming that I speak about in my book, but I really wanted to, when I wrote my book, I wrote it for people who were Rekindling the connection to dreaming, and for anyone who was a deep dreamer who'd been doing dream work for many years, that they would get a snippet into the beginning parts of lucid dreaming. So lucid dreaming, in in terms of what we've I've explored in my book, is probably about a tenth of what you can actually do with it. And so that it's a full full spectrum, and every single dream, in my opinion, from a nightmare to an anxiety dream, to a full lucid dream can offer you something if you're willing to listen to the experience. For
0: yourself, what were one of the dreams that really stood out to you that um, had really altered your uh, view of this whole thing and seen the actual power of it?
1: so um there there were two very big dreams that I had the one was when I was in my 20s and I was completely lost like I said a bit earlier I really had no idea about what my talents were or how I could use them and I felt very afraid of the future and I had this dream at the time I was like 22 or 23 I was unemployed I wasn't doing anything I had signed up for university like two years before and dropped out and so I was incredibly lost. I was working as a waitress and meeting great people in that space, which was actually a very helpful job that I did at the time, but I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel happy. And I had this dream where I was driving in my car. And at the time I had a a red city golf in real life. So I was driving in my car and I'm in this red city golf and I was driving on this wide open road and I'm singing in the car and I'm so happy. And it's just this like beautiful open road wide and it's something I love to do anyway I had the windows down it was incredibly freeing and in this moment in the dream I quickly look in the rear view mirror and I see that there's this Jaguar in the back seat of my car but I'm acutely aware of the fact that it's strapped in with by the seat belt so in my dream in that moment I panicked and I was so afraid of this um, Jaguar I, I was like what is this what is this Jaguar doing in my car? Is it going to eat me? Um, should I just stop the car and jump out? I, so I had all these like very overwhelming and frightening thoughts, which quite now it's really funny to me, but at the time it felt so real and so overwhelming. And so I woke up from that dream and it had a, a certain weight to it. That's quite hard to explain, but it, it really made me pay attention. And I, did what I typically did in my 20s I just dismissed the dream I just thought okay I don't know what to do with this and I didn't pay attention to it and I thought okay what am I going to do with my day because I had all this time because I was deeply unemployed and so I thought I'd walk around these shops um in this this mall and it is actually like an open ed mall and um So I walked into this bookstore and this woman who I'd never seen, never met um, came up to me and handed me a pile of books. And she then got busy with another customer and the telephone rang. And on top of the book, the first book was Jaguar woman um, by Lynn V Andrews and it was, um, it was just so undeniable that the symbolism that these two, you know, I had a Jaguar dream and then I found this Jaguar, well, this Jaguar found me in my waking life. And so that dream was a very big dream for me because it really stopped me from, denying uh, who I was um, my inner power in terms of my intuition being able to make good choices and not be afraid of that um, which I think actually many people are and so that dream was a very powerful dream for me that very and it was a symbolic dream it was not a lucid dream and it helped me immensely Um, you know almost a couple of months after that I re-signed up to go to university I um, got a job at this highly esoteric store where I met some of my best friends and it ended up being this incredible job that I maintained throughout my studies so I could work and have Um, sort of financial freedom and study at the same time, and I was meeting all these wonderful spiritual teachers, but then at the same time doing this incredible psychology degree, and I really feel like if I hadn't had that experience, I might have just remained lost for a a few more years, even, you know, who knows where my life would be if I hadn't had that dream, so it really, really was meaningful. Oh, well,
0: you can, I mean, there are lots of people, lots, who are Uh, And you can use that age from, let's say, what, 18 to um, 27, 28. Some people never find their calling, you know, they never find Mm -hmm. that desire. And so um, I think hearing your story would be so inspiring for so many people because it shows that you can actually, from somebody who dropped out of uni, was completely lost, manage to um, become aware of where you're going, become aware of um, your intention. And through that, you just started meeting all these people that guided Mm -hmm. you. It's like the most famous or beautiful saying is like, um, when you're ready, uh, your teachers will arrive. When you're ready to be a student, when you're ready to embrace that. And you're a living example. And it's brilliant
1: thank you and i think that is something that's very helpful to hear for people that you don't actually have to know everything you don't have to know how the entire path will unfold you just have to be brave enough to take the steps one or two at the beginning and then it becomes easier and easier you know and then as you reach new new goals new things there's always something new that you're dealing with that you have no idea how to handle and so you just like i believe it's trusting in the unknown more learning to trust yourself and in the world um you know what i Called spirit, but for me, you know, the universe, consciousness, whatever people feel comfortable with, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. I actually remember you mentioning that in the book, um, was saying that you have um, God or uh, consciousness or spirit um, is all really different ways of the same sort of thing. And I suppose you interacting with shamans and um, going on this huge spiritual journey, uh, seeing that we are all one in this beautiful collective uh,
1: realm exactly right and when we dream we're reminded of that even more i feel because you lo- you can lose your identity when you sleep you know um, and you can see things that come to pass so it's just such a great reminder that like you were so much more connected than we think we are we are one um it's also why people i i feel have you know when collective disasters happen like when the tsunamis happened um in the world when that tsunami hit japan so many people worldwide had dreams um, of uh, right of of this natural disaster that was going to come up and I fully feel that's because we are so deeply connected that even in the in waking life we feel like oh you might have no connection to someone in Japan but really when something major happens actually we all feel it. at least I think our spiritual essence feels it you know even if our ego mind doesn't
0: yeah well uh cole young um he spoke about um collective consciousness and you know each individual uh, country has their own collective consciousness you know they all adhere to certain norms or uh, feelings and so why can you not expand that you know why would the entire world not have this one collective uh way of of, of you know feeling and um wholesomeness like a I think one of my favorite things is um, when you look at an an atom or a particle within your body you think oh well that's you or each each um cell acts as an independent cell but when you look at your entire body as a whole your entire body works together which makes up you but each individual cell does what it does best each individual organ does what it does best and it doesn't know I mean I suppose no conscious awareness but it communicates in and of itself and in the collective whole. So I think that's very beautiful.
1: And that's a brilliant um, way of explaining it. And
0: You also mentioned um, in the book that uh, some people have met in a lucid dream state and then in real life they managed to meet a little while later. Can you tell me more about that? I mean, how does that all work and some examples even?
1: Sure. So this is something that I'm going to be teaching in my school that's opening up next week right so we're we're doing the final touches on it and i've called it the dream weave so the idea with this it's actually not an idea when you lucid dream when you begin to become a deliberate dreamer right what happens is that you move beyond symbolic dreaming because you've remained conscious and aware and in this dream space you are able to move through what people call different realms right so people will say it's the astral realm or the dream realm if you look at mysticism there's lots of depictions of this like kabbalah will tell you it's the tree of life many people think that's actually the realms you move up and down when you in state of dreaming right and so in this place you can meet other lucid dreamers because if say you and I are both lucid right tonight and we decide to meet each other in the dreamscape through our intention we can do that. And that's something that I will be teaching people how to do. So you can literally dream as together. It's And there's science behind this, right? People don't have to take my, just my word for this. Um, So in in sort of uh, Western theory, they call it shared dreaming or mutual dreaming. And you can look at the International Study um, Association for the Study of Dreams. And they offer a lot of research. They're prolific in their research for um you know, for consciousness and dreaming and how that all interlinks. So in terms of meeting other lucid dreamers in your dream, yes, that's very doable and possible. You can also meet sentient guides and you, can, and you can even meet different aspects of consciousness. So sometimes people have the intention of meeting with someone they love who, say, passed away. I think with that, with what happens is that you're dealing with um, almost like that collective energy that comes up in a specific image. I don't know if you ever watched the movie Contact. It's a very yes. old movie, right? And so for anyone who remembers it, so she goes she's traveling to space and she goes in the the spaceship i guess um and she has this moment where she's um, meets her father in this other realm in this other place and they tell her in in the space we appear as your father because we know this will make you most comfortable in accepting our energy and so or our form should i say and so lucid dreaming in that sense in the dreamscape you can meet with consciousness at a higher level um so the the it's very in-depthful but it requires training and it requires practice and why i say this is because I had an experience a while back where I did another podcast and I was speaking to someone and she's very interested in dream work, but dream work requires a level of integrity and ethics. It's much like practicing in waking life. If you can meet other dreamers, other guides, other beings, beings is a load of word, but just take it for what I mean, in terms of energy, um, you should be trained in that. And so in terms of Tibetan Buddhism, before you begin to do this kind of um, exploration, right, and they practice for about three years into three years isolated to learn how to really master dream yoga. And it's not because anything negative can happen to you, but it's that it requires some diligence and practice and discipline because you're really taking your practice to another level and i think that that requires sincerity and integrity so if you want to meet say your spirit guide or spiritual guides or other dreamers what's the intention behind it and what will you do for the collective with that and so my work is very much aimed around this and teaching people how to do this but doing it with integrity and good training so that you don't find yourself in a dreamscape feeling like i've been lucid twice in my life and now all of a sudden Um, what do I do right which is what happened to that other other woman that I was speaking about and so also uh, as a side note um, if anyone's very interested in this I'm not sure when this is going to air but the shift network is um, I'm co-hosting their dream summit and it's coming up literally I think on the 18th of April and I talk about guide work very in depth for them on their network as well so um, there's lots of lots of resources for anyone listening
0: Oh, perfect. Well, I'll I'll definitely link it um, in the show notes so that if anybody's Thank interested, you. they can just um, click on there and it can take them directly there because that is actually quite um, quite interesting, particularly because right. this can have such a profound impact on your life and and how you right. experience this existence. Um, you know, the, the, as you're saying, there's different levels of of awareness, and some people you will wake up, you will just listen to you know, watch TV or see things projecting at you rather than going internal and really just expanding out of your most superficial level of understanding. And I think that's, that's quite special.
1: And I think it's exactly what you said, right? You just take ownership of where you are and where you're focusing your consciousness, right? And that has a direct influence on waking life. (laughs)
0: um, So you mentioned the, um, oh, well, um, the tidal wave dreams, uh, in the book. Um, and you mentioned that it can help you overcome past pain. Um, how, how does that all work? So that's just really, uh, dealing with your, uh, unconscious, uh, emotions or.
1: Yeah. So pretty much what happened is these scientists, these dream researchers, they found that when people had experienced trauma, and um, that they would often have a specific dream in where they would dream of a a tidal wave, but in specifically a tidal wave. And then, as the research developed, they realized that the tidal wave could morph and change. It could be something like a group of soldiers who would chase you down. Um, and the the concept is that when you are flooded by emotion that is overwhelming right exactly like a tidal wave there's nothing you can do it literally floods you right and it's such a terrible space of feeling helplessness helplessness powerless and that dream comes to alert the person that you are you've experienced the thing that's made you feel this way and the psyche because it is whole and self-regulating that's something that you actually gifted the world he showed us that right the psyche is whole and self-regulating and will do whatever it needs to get back into a state of balance and so tidal wave dreams come to dreamers so that they can get back into a state of well-being so for anyone who has dreams where they feel very flooded by emotion or overwhelmed in the dream space it's really helpful to look at how you can heal and how you can nurture yourself, and to not be afraid of the experiences that you've had. Because the instinct when you have experienced trauma is often to um, try and dismiss it, to put it so far out of your mind that it doesn't feature. And the problem is when you repress things, they come up in other ways um and so those dreams and you know specifically tidal wave kinds of dreams are very helpful they're very overwhelming but they're very helpful if you do something with them and i always feel like that's the one dreams the kind of one dream where it's just really helpful to reach out and get support people don't have to do, to deal with um you know, if you've experienced anything that's really difficult, having someone help you through it and guide you through it, through it is very, very supportive and loving. And when you're in the opposite state, that's sometimes exactly all you need, you know, um, but that, again, is just my opinion of it. Yeah, actually um with the uh, tidal
0: wave dreams because if you're lucid dreaming you can create let's say whatever you want right and you you can uh, travel to different areas of the world or um, experience different things but if you're trying to uncover um deep-seated trauma or something where i'm um, just um how much can you control and how much would your subconscious say hey these are key signs that you should be looking at
1: What's amazing about it is that when you are in a lucid dreamscape, the dreamscape can still, still arises without your, um, still arises without you doing anything right so if your intention say you find yourself lucid in a dream spontaneously you're having a dream about sitting on your couch or something and you recognize oh wait my couch is not blue it's black and you become lucid in that moment and say your intention then is to try and heal some form of trauma you would want to clear out the dreamscape so you would say um you, you could literally just say clear out and you would then ask you would word your intention very specifically and see what arises and know that whatever comes up in the dream, you can either wake yourself up. If it feels too overwhelming, you just say, wake up. And if you can't wake up like that, you try try and close your dream eyes. And that usually wakes people up. The idea with this is that if you're dealing with trauma in a dream, right? I had an experience where I met a very, very dark, dark figure in my dream, in a lucid dream, and it was incredibly frightening because it feels real and it is very, very Um, overwhelming so for anyone who wants to do that kind of work I highly recommend it but you do have to know that it is um, can feel very frightening and overwhelming so you need to be ready for that and so that if this is a trauma that you've been denying for years and years and years and years Confronting it so head on, um, I think is really, really quite intense. And so you just have to be very mindful about the ramifications of that. And the idea with it is that this trauma, this thing, is has been part of you. And so, like in my dream, where I met this dark figure, instead of trying to murder it or kill it or um, run away from it or do some act of violence, the intention was the opposite—to meet myself really my psyche with self-compassion and so this dark dark figure moved towards me and it was growling which really frightened me in my sleep and it became smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and then eventually I just hugged this like little weird thing um, and held it and I woke up actually crying because it was such a like profound experience for me right Uh, but then so but when it comes to trauma the therapist to me just wants to preface this by saying you're you're unpacking a whole lot of stuff be mindful of doing that and be prepared and know that there are some boundaries and limitations in what your body can um, handle immediately right so I'm saying just have a bit of common sense here have some support in waking life and in your dream space so that you can you can move through it well you know so you don't re-traumatize yourself because i can think of nothing worse than someone who's maybe very new to lucid dreaming and wants to try do this and then it gets stuck in, ex- in, a, in an experience where they get frightened and they can't complete it mm. um so so just a bit of a warning there i guess mm. no, but disclaimer. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's, it's great information <laughs> you know because like yeah. uh even
0: if you're not lucid dreaming um i'm sure i can speak for many people who would say Um, you know, even myself, I would dream about the same thing or the same dark figure or something that I need to consciously and obviously unconsciously deal with or subconsciously deal with. Um, And no matter how much I try and uh, work through it in my conscious state, you know, sometimes you will still have that dream coming through. And so I think that's that's actually pretty powerful is, is learning to address it in both your sleeping and your waking state so that you can actually embody this present moment without having any uh, past baggage because, you know, the past baggage doesn't go, it, it, like you have mentioned earlier, it, is, it will continually show up in your life unless you deal with it in different facets and as it's continuously showing up in your dreams in different facets. So this is one of those um, actually taking control of your life and actually taking action rather than saying, oh, well, you know, uh, the past happened and therefore I am like how I am. Well, you can, right. and you, you're a classic example, that you can actually heal that and fully embody the life that you want.
1: Most most definitively, right? And I think the main thing here is also that if you're working with something, um, say like a repetitive dream figure or experience that comes up and you know that it's linked to something in waking life that you're trying to resolve, it can be very, very helpful to re-script it. So you take the dream and Say you you, you know, not it's not a lucid dream, it's just a regular dream. And you wake up in the morning or in a time and space where you feel comfortable, rescript it. So write a different ending to it and one that empowers you and begin to work with the dream in that way. So what you're doing there is that your psyche is you're giving your psyche different images, new patterning that it can begin to hold on right? So you don't have to remain stuck. And many people, um, you know, if you are in a pattern most of the time people now nowadays they call it like generational healing or you know you healing your ancestry specifically most people will come in and say at least when I ran my practice, like how the how is the, the wonder, like, how do I do this? How do I change this pattern? When all you've known is this pattern? You know, if you all you know is one specific thing, it's very then hard to jump into another way of being. And the way you jump is that you jump, you give it a new script, right? So you can't think, I'm going to walk, jump. You can't walk, jump. You have to jump. And so that's that's the, the idea of it, that you script in something that feels so different, so new that it is entirely um, healing because you change the script, right? So you go from one state of being into another, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there's um, one of the famous, uh, her name's Sarah Bailey, I think. Uh, she was the lady who discovered or created Spanx. Um, and, oh. and I loved her. she was saying she was in the car and, um, she was a door saleswoman and she was like, actually, I don't want this life. I, if this is, if I'm the hero of this story, I'm in the wrong book. <laughs> this is crap. Right. And, uh, she was like, that's it. I'm changing. And, and she did, you know, and, um, y- you went from not even having a clue of where you're going to, to consciously creating your reality.
1: Right. And I think that it's frightening how simple that can be, that it can be a choice in the car. I think that sometimes can feel like over, not overwhelming for people, but like, is it that easy? Yes, it can be that easy. The beginning step is that easy. It's a conscious decision to try and do something different and to believe that there is something different available for you, that you don't have to play out the same pattern or land up in the same place because that's what's been done. So something new can come up, but with newness, you are in unknown territory and the more you are in unknown, you have to be able to rely on your sense of self. And what I really um, speak, I guess, about is, is relying in a greater spiritual strength. Um, that's part of you, very much part of you, but intrinsic in the world. So like, again, the universe, spirit world, whatever you want to call it.
0: What what spiritual practices um, do you do to help facilitate uh, your uh, way of viewing the
1: world or, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, writing uh, on waking. So I'll wake up. I love to have a cup of coffee. I'll sit and write. So I write. It's a mixture of thoughts that just come up, gratitude and intention setting. And then I meditate. I do a lot of dream, um, wake-induced lucid dreaming. And I do that in the afternoon. So that's going from a waking state into a sleep state, into a dream state consciously. Um, so that's very very meaningful to me but the main practice that I try and do and has been very helpful in my life is just really trying to be more mindful as mindful as possible to really try and be present and I know that sounds so contrite because like you know who hasn't heard of this (laughs) like be here now you know Uh, but it really is something that's really really helped me because The more you are here, the more you present in your life, the, the one, the less reactive you are and the, the, you know, the easier it becomes to, I don't know, just become more malleable in the world, I guess. So those are my practices. Mm.
0: Beautiful, and even uh, when we're talking about past trauma, if you are present as much as you can in this moment, and mindful as much as you you can possibly be, you are less likely to um, be latching on to um, all these other there's external noise that can sometimes shape your view of reality. You know, uh, gratitude is one of those beautiful things to help. Uh, ground you and appreciate what you have and then you can say okay now I appreciate what I have wow okay I'm here (laughs) wow
1: exactly and the same thing's not happening oh my gosh I don't have to be from this reactive fear state I can feel feel better in my body I can feel calm in my body I can feel happy you know and feel safe so that I think for anyone who's experienced trauma those things are very um sometimes hard to reach for so those are the things that presence offers you they offer you you are giving yourself the gift of feeling different in your day-to-day reality and and that's quite amazing um you know so Yeah, fully agree with you there.
0: (laughs) And I think the the lucid dreaming um, it can help you step by step to. Dive into your imagination. Like if you are, let's say, trapped in a reality that is really um, not your story, not what you want to live out, right? Um, a way for you to slowly shift that, or, or what you've written about, is then you can start to to dream it, and that maybe provides you with some comfort and some um uh, encouragement to say, you know, look, this is on some realm. Uh, if I can imagine it, you know, it, it could be possible. Um, would that be
1: yes uh, for, yeah, exactly so for anyone who listens to this who are abraham hicks fans right um they often talk about being in the vortex right so you're in this vortex where everything is possible and they talk about this from an energetic point of view that you're in this it, you know, say you have a desire for something. I want a new car. Okay. So now that you've put out this desire, the, the, your desire by spiritual law must come true because that's the laws of this waking reality that we find ourselves in. And so what lucid dreaming gives you is that you are in that time and space. Of, uh, you can see what you are calling into your space and you can begin to bring to yourself what you want more because you are you can become you can get into alignment with the timeline that you want to be in and so that's something that a lot of um people well not people don't really speak about it but a lot of uh dreaming in australia the aboriginals talk about right that this is part of the dream time is actually getting into alignment with the dream time in waking life and dreaming and so you it's really really stepping into the realm of mysticism and how things come to be in terms of how nature and reality is created. And so the more you begin to do it for yourself, the more you'll start to see proof. And so I think that, um, waking life you know having doing gratitude great set your intentions good try and get into a high vibration brilliant and then also see what your dreams are telling you because there's, you know we all have stuff that we're not aware of that can slip us up and you can then begin to see different things and bring it close to yourself so it's a very very exciting for people who are interested in this kind of thing
0: And on that, um, what are the steps, because you did mention them in the book, what are some of the steps that people can do to analyze their dreams um, and and see what is actually going on within this whole uh,
1: unconscious mind? So the best thing to do is to begin to journal dreams, right? It's the key factor in it. So a lot of people um, voice note their dreams. That's also okay. But I find that quite difficult in terms of trying to reflect back. Um, I think it's easier to look at a page than it is to listen, but that's just a preference, right? So the first thing is you want to begin to write your dreams down. Also, what this does is it's psychologically sends out a message to your consciousness in a way that says like, I'm, I'm prepared to, I'm listening. So the way, as you begin to set out that intention, your dream, and i actually created a dream journal called the deliberate dreamers journal and i tried to really um, create it in a way that would be helpful for people so you're going to write down all the key symbols the main feeling that you woke up feeling so the, the emotional gravity of the dream right the key dream figures and then whatever notes you want to do and i offer two methods of interpretation for dreams in my book there are loads of methods. They're just two, two ones that I think are most helpful for, for people um, setting up. And so the one method is the ABC method. And the other one is a longer thematic method where you try and look for themes. And that's very, very helpful if you're trying to dive into deep unconscious work, discovering what your subconscious is like, the terrain of it. And so... Again, the thing is to really just write and record it. And the ABC method is very simple. It's called accept, believe, and clarify. You accept the dream in the fullness that it comes to you. So a nightmare comes and it terrifies you. Just accept the fact that these are the images and dream that you you need right now and you're experiencing right now. Write it down in its entirety. Then the B step is believing that this dream is of some form of benevolence for you. There is a benefit in this dream Word it in such a way what is the benefit of this dream and what is it pointing you to and that points you to the c step which is clarify clarify the dream and take an action step on it if it requires one if you don't have clarity on the dream and you need some clarity. You can ask for guidance from another dream, so it doesn't have to be something that happens immediately. But if you need immediate guidance, it can be very, very helpful.
0: Mm. Mm. And for um, people who are uh, going into the the dream state, glasses first. Um, are there certain things that people can do? So, like, I think one of them was, you know, if you you clench your hand before you go to sleep, um, or, or you tell yourself. Uh, or you you move your feet, I think was another one. You keep looking down your feet and then you know when you're in a dream, look down your feet um, or, or keep saying, right. am I in the dream? What are, are they
1: right. Yes, there's tons of things. So these are kind of known as reality checks. And so if you're trying to um, become a lucid dreamer, what you want to do in your waking life is you want to begin to do these checks so that they organically begin to occur in your nighttime dreams. And we know that there's a correlation between what you experience in waking life and what you see at night, right? Sometimes it carries through. So the idea is that say right now, I'm sitting here and I put my hand against the table and i see that my hand cannot go through the table right so i ask myself is this a dream it doesn't feel like a dream because it feels like waking reality right and so you do the simple test all throughout the day and then the next time you find yourself in a dream sitting at a table you put your hand through you try and put your hand through the table and your hand will likely go through in a dream state or something will change and you'll begin to recognize that you are lucid And so then there are other practices that come afterwards that will help to, because most of the time people become lucid and they become, it's so exciting that you wake up, right? You unintentionally wake yourself up and that's learning to calm the dream body, to ground yourself in your dream body. And then, so you can uh, take your lucid practice further.
0: I've only just started Um, I'm quite a beginner in this whole process, uh, but it, it is very, it is very exciting. I mean, um, uh, last two nights I've just finally got to the point where I know that um, I am in this dream state and um, you know becoming slightly aware but then I wake up and exactly what you said you know you wake up oh, damn it. <laughs> and then and then you come back to but then you forget that you're in a dream again and then you think it's reality but you know it's that step-by-step journey that- I guess
1: exactly and it's a journey right this is not an there's no end point here there really isn't and uh, this is a lifelong practice it's really for people who want a practice that they can take through for their entire life right and in buddhism the idea why they do this practice is so that after the moments of death are supposed to be like -like, dreamlike, according to Tibetan Buddhism, right, and so if you're lucid in that state, you can influence what they call, um, they call Bardo, the the Bardo states, you are influencing how you get reincarnated, if you believe in that, right, so if you think about it, this is something that really has profound implications, and the journey can be very deep and enriching. And there's something very exciting about the fact that it doesn't have to all happen immediately, right? So this is something that you could experience incredible things over and over throughout your entire life. And the more mindful you become in your dreams, right? And what's amazing about this, so if you're waking yourself up, all you have to do is the minute you find you're lucid, just bring all your attention that you can on, and try and focus on your feet, right? And just try and feel whatever's beneath you in the dream. If you can even see your feet, it doesn't matter. Just think, oh, I need to focus on my feet. And usually what that does is that it just calms the mind uh, while the dreaming excitement, right? And you you can, you can tend to stay in the dream a bit longer. But it is a problem, I mean, that most people have when they lose a dream. Even still now, I have times when I'll completely wake myself up because something... <laughs> exciting will happen. And then I get too like, yeah, I get too excited about it and I'll wake myself up. So, you know, it's a process.
0: <laughs> but um, people also uh, who you have coached um, throughout this journey, are there any examples um, that you could share, obviously that maybe mentioning any names or anything um, of people who have begun this journey and then actually seen a massive shift within their physical reality um, because of the
1: practice? Tons of people, tons and from different ranging from different things, like someone who had a skin issue and couldn't get it resolved in waking life to it being fully cleared because of a lucid dream, fully, fully cleared. Um, I had an eye issue that I managed to not fully heal, but heal about 65% of the way. So I didn't need an up. And that was purely through lucid dreaming. Um, which was and I'm so grateful for because I can think of nothing worse than someone injecting an eye, my eyeball oh my god no um, so, would,
0: so-, you, so would, would you in that state would you envision that your eyes being healed in the dream and then in reality it becomes healed or how does, how does that work
1: so For me, I don't, um, I ask for help in the dreamscape. And I think that's something that is um, accessible and available to everyone in the dream. So I clear out the space, I'm making sure that I'm not doing, I'm not dealing with any psychological projections. Um, I'll call my guides in and then I'll ask for healing and the dream will give you that imagery in whatever way or experience you need so I I am lucid in my dream but I don't like to control everything it's different for some people some teachers like to teach you how to control everything and others don't I so for me what appeared was a little um, a glass of water that I needed to drink and I drank it and I woke up and my eye was better I didn't actually have it it wasn't anything orientated towards my actual eye but more this I think the intention of healing um that changed it and for anyone listening to this who might be skeptical there's research that backs this that's been done by Harvard and I think um one of the other big universities where they've proven that you can one become more proficient in a lucid dreamscape right so if you're a musician a meditator uh a, an athlete you can lose the dream and you'll see direct consequences like you've been training in waking life and they've proven um, that you can have um, healing you know you can experience healing in that dream space and that's also the work of Stephen LaBarge. he talks a lot about that and their work is scientifically researched so it's not just first it's not just first person accounts like they have a medical proofs and exams that you can actually go and look at but just from my own client experiences because I'm not worried about research I'm worried about like like action more than anything else you know so for people for healing yes brilliant other things just you know basic things that people have managed to do and then lose the dreamscape like um, being very lost in life like I was saying earlier and being able to get guidance it's such a huge one you know Uh, meeting meeting uh, partners that they potentially or friends being open to that in a lucid dreamscape and then meeting people in real life that then come to pass. Um, I spoke to someone who told me she, she dreamt of her husband. Um, she wasn't a client of mine, but she dreamt of her husband. And then three weeks later she met him, but the, so the, you know, so the intention of she wanted to meet a partner, wanted to meet a partner was paying attention to her dreams. And then synchronicity came and came to be for her so the the minute you kind of step into this work I really feel like you're opening up doorways of possibility you know Um, anything is possible
0: even I mean even on the most basic like if you um, if you're dealing like okay um, yeah if you're dealing with anything people can um, have it as a physical symptom and so there's a lot of uh, psychosomatic where people only when you start to heal your internal to some of your external things change so um e- even without going into a, a huge amount of research there's a lot that's been shown on even the most basic level and so you can kind of understand this framework and, and understand how how phenomenal it is the further in um into this practice yeah. uh, you can you can go
1: that's it right and so um there's a great documentary called the Heal documentary um and they talk a lot about this this idea of the mind-body connection and how you can heal because a lot most you know there's illness can be psychosomatic for sure, where there can be emotional links to illness, definitely. Right. And so if you bring this into a dream space, I think in the dream space, because everything is so malleable and so much, you know, you have an instant thought, if there's a direct consequence in the dreamscape in waking life, you think of a pink elephant, pink elephant doesn't appear in the room in a dream. It can, right. So because it's so malleable, the, I think the ability to heal and shift things is actually easier because you're in a more malleable state and mm. um, so so it's very, very interesting and very exciting, and really a pathway that you have to experience experientially. Mm. um you have to you know it's something that you can experience don't you don't have to just it doesn't have to be something that happens outside of you mm. you know mm. that's out of reach for me
0: or all internal like with the um is about a pink elephant. Uh, When you are imagining a pink elephant, um, sure, it wouldn't show up in the room, but the way that your your conscious mind works or your subconscious is this uh, way in which you view the world. So you're more likely to see pink elephants uh, in your, your and landscape, you know because you, you're more aware of them. so your dream can allow you to zone in and be like, okay, this is what I'm looking for. I really want to meet a partner who is uh, loving and, and kind and, and so on. and then because you zone in on that in your your unconscious state, then you you wake up and your conscious mind has now got this direction um, that, okay. that you can then further attract into.
1: Right, exactly. And so if you're doing that, I fully agree with that, if that's symbolic dreaming, right? If it's lucid dreaming, you are conscious the entire time. And that's what's so amazing about it because this thing, what happens is that you're no longer running. And this is where the psychology of it's very interesting because the assumption is that the unconscious is there all the time and exists all the time. And you are always linked to it the more I lose the dream the less I'm beginning to believe that and so that's um, from my experiences of going behind symbol and image and so it's a bit hard to explain that and it takes us into a very deeply philosophical space that I think is maybe um, for uh, for another conversation right but yes there is so um, the, the implications are so profound because you are literally changing from being a reactive person into a person that is trying to take more um, ownership and co-creation in how you move through the world, right, Um, which for me is very incredible.
0: (laughs) And and you're saying also that the um, aboriginals and the shamans and uh, people from all over the world have been practicing this um, to the extent that you have different states of consciousness so you can actually then meet consciousness in and of itself which then completely alters the way most people even view the world.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Right. And it just opens up more questions and opens up different kinds of experiences that you'll begin to have. And it's, um, it's so amazing because it's something that happens quite organically as well. And, and I think that, I guess what's come up for me the most is that there's really been like a level of trust that's come that's started to really blossom in my life, the more I've done this work because I, I think that it's almost like a a wonderful paradox, right? The more conscious you become, the more you manifest your reality. You also realize that there's so much. That begins to come. That is at play, um, and so yes, you are You are creating your reality. You, I believe we co-create our reality, and that means um, that you know the you. We are creating our reality, but I don't think we create everything. So this is a fine dance. You know, the more conscious you become, the more you can manifest. But you the more you realise you don't actually have to do everything, and then you can move through the world a bit more um, easily.
0: Well, I just want to read one of my favorite passages uh, from your book. Um, Every chapter that you have journeyed through has gotten you to this very point to remind you that you are a deliberate dreamer. So will you dare to dream for the collective good? Will you use your intentions and will in a deliberate way and dream of harmony for the collective as well as your own well-being? Your vision of your life is as big as the dream you allow. The vision for the planet is as beautiful as we allow. And I just that blew me away. It was so beautiful, so beautiful and so profound.
1: Thank you I really feel like we need more deliberate dreamers so that we can call in a better reality. And I think that currently in our um in our collective experience we'll start to see more dreamers wake up because the more people that do the the i think that one deliberate dreamer is much stronger than 20 people who are asleep in terms of their consciousness and what they're creating and so that's very exciting and that's also something that i'll be um facilitating for people in my dream circles right which is going to be a monthly membership where we will dream for self but we'll also dream for the collective Um, and so that'll be a group that i run at the end of the the last sunday of every month and you can people can just come pop in and pop out as they want right Um, and that's going to be the intention the dream for harmony for more peaceful planet, uh, for a healthier planet and our connection to it and then for whatever people are experiencing in their own day-to-day life and being able to bring it into the the dream circle
0: and that's just ties it up so beautifully because that's what we started with is how we are all so interconnected. And so through this uh, awakening, we can all um, help each other and in doing so help ourselves. So very beautiful. Um, before, before we go, I just have uh, one last question that I really love to, to ask. Um, if you had one message that you would like to share with the world, uh, what, what message would that be?
1: think currently it's just to remain hopeful um, remain hopeful that things can get better and that we are entering better times even if it might not feel like it
0: beautiful and with that thank you so much for your time and uh, your energy and um, for those listening we um, will definitely link everything down in the show notes uh, below um, and really just give lucid dreaming a try uh, we've got the steps here Um, I would highly recommend reading the book. It goes into detail um, about how you can actually do all of these things, how you can analyse your dreams, which is what we've discussed, the ABC and uh, thematic uh, analysing, and and explore your realms of possibility and um, take your own self as a um, guide and as an example to show what you are fully capable of. Um, Beautiful.
1: Thank you thank you so much for having me it was wonderful connecting and speaking to you
0: oh, and thanks for thanks for coming